Hey, this is Chase Masterson, host of the hit Discovery podcast, Disco Nights. Star Trek Discovery may not be back till next year, but rest assured, Disco Nights will be back this fall to talk the new Star Trek Picard series, as well as everything we hope and expect from Season 3 of Discovery, plus some other special surprises. Join me and our special guests when we return with all new episodes this August. Until then, Disco Lives! Hello and welcome back to Disco Nights. This is Chase Masterson and we are here to talk, as we always do, about the days and lights, the nights and darks of Star Trek Discovery. Really glad to have you back with us and very proud to have our special guest back with us this week. Lisa Klink, you were a writer on Voyager for three seasons. Yes. Yes. And are now a novelist with work such as All In, All Gone and False Idols on SerialBox.com. Yes. Welcome back. Happy to be here. Yay. Yay. Anthony Pascal, you founded and really created uh, and our editor-in-chief of TrekMovie.com. A huge feat. Welcome back with us. Thank you. Yeah. Congrats on all that you're doing there. Um, So we are here to talk about losing control today. Uh, This season's crazed AI has gone wild. AI gone wild. And how does it stack up to the other AI gone wild, like HAL, Skynet, and of course the M5? Our questions uh, are along the lines of, could Kirk talk control to death? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> we uh, we talk about, about control as the big bad of season two and three, possibly. We'll see. Oh, God, I hope none. I, well, think, I, think, I think we've had enough of control. We've had enough? Yeah. Yes. As, okay. Kirk, as Kirk said to Cruz, as he was kicking him off the uh, cliff in Star Trek three, <laughs> we have had enough of you. Control. <laughs> It's all about control, baby. Uh, I, I mean, th- that's the thing about control is that we've seen it all before. Mm. Um, I mean, it, you know, th- there's two schools of thought in AI, in fiction. You've got the Isaac Asimov school. Mm-hmm. Um, AI is benevolent, you know, because all the robots are, so, you know, obviously mm-hmm. right. benevolent. Obeying um, rules and such, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. They base strict rules that they, you know, and data, of course, is 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 someone, you know, it flows in that mm-hmm. theory. Um, yeah. And then you have the other side, where you know, whereas, you know, AI is monster mm-hmm. and, um, you know, various versions of the Frankenstein thing of, you know, we create something that turns on us. Um, you know, so you monster got, or free thought or right. Not so you've got to be enslaved. You know, you've got the Matrix. You got the Terminator. Um, and what's interesting is Star Trek has also had that too. So M five is you know an example of in the original series where someone creates a computer and then that computer um, uh, basically takes it upon itself to you know start killing all humans as. Mm evil robot evil eyes <laughs> do and um this goes back 101 years i will just throw in with uh, carl chopic's r u r 
having been written in 1918, hmm. and that being the first time the word robot was ever used because he was Czech and robot is is uh, the word for worker in the Czech language. Right, and uh, you obviously know and we that did because... R-U-R as a, as a short. And, uh, <laughs> nice plug. Thank you. Uh, but I wasn't going to say I wasn't actually. I was just saying that, you know, this is a, it's not a new concept. And, no. you know, that gave way to everything, Metropolis and, you know. Um, well, I think that you're right to point to Frankenstein as being kind of the, you know, the the classic, you know, create something that you then lose control of, you mm-hmm. know, the, uh, you know, technology gone mad. Yeah. Um, and now it's just the latest technology to go mad, you know, it happens to be AI. It, yeah. that, I mean, I guess Good that's the question is, is, is Star Trek Discovery trying to say something about control? Is the name and, you know, this is a question, obviously, for um, showrunners. Um, but are we as an audience taking anything, you know, because sometimes the allegories are obvious. But maybe, so is there an allegory here? Is there something about the rising, you know, uh, the coming of AI? We're, we're sort of on the cusp. You know, cars, cars are already driving themselves. Are we about to enter a dangerous era or a... A benevolent era, and it, you know, is this a cautionary tale, or is it a trope well, that they just leaned on because they didn't have any better ideas? Does not seem benevolent. That's for no, but I think that it it may comment on big data, because that is you know sort of the MacGuffin of you know we have pretty much all the data in the universe you know that is now contained within Discovery, and if Control gets it, it's going to be even worse and it's going to kill us more. Um, so I think that 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 strikes me as the allegory as, you know, more things like, you know, Facebook and, right. you know, social media that, you know, we put all of this information about ourselves out there. And if there was a single entity that could accumulate all of it into one space, naturally, of course, it would kill us. Right. <laughs> wow. That very well played there, Lisa. Thank you. Yeah. That, that's uh Certainly been a, a topic in the news, and whether it's directly or roundabout, yeah, that that could happen. I, I think the thing about control that's hard to get our hands around is that we don't fully understand control's motivations. Right. We understand the Borg. We understand the Klingons. We understand Skynet. We, you know, it's never been fully clear they're just like well it's this ai it was analyzing threats and somehow they never explained this it decided that all life is a threat threat to what threat to it well Why i think did- that that's the closest they've come to trying explaining it is that it de- it's defending itself mm-hmm. um that anytime people try and control it or delete it or destroy it that's when it lashes out and destroys whatever is trying to destroy it. Because well, it no, has now a you're life talking, of its own. Well, well, no, now you're talking, are you talking about the sphere data or are you talking about control? I'm talking about control. Because control has been doing stuff since, I mean, control uh, uh, faked the Spock murdering people. You know, the control's been doing evil stuff for a while, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um and so a lot of people that I've spoken with, in fact, we just really need some clarification on control versus, you know, where the sphere data, data comes in. Can you give us an overview? Feel free I mean, to chime us, in. Not, neither of us work on the show. Right. Um, well, OK, so the, the controls origins, again, are it was a program 
written by Section 31. There's a little bit of confusion here about people who know the extended universe because there's this a thing called control in some of the David Mack books about Section 31, including one called Section 31 Control. But apparently <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. Right, okay. Um, this is just a program that... Well, it, it, we should point out Section 31 in the Discovery um, era, before the original series, is is a fully integrated part of Starfleet intelligence. It is not the kind of shadowy organization it was on Deep Space Nine where no one had even heard of it. And, you know, they have ships, they have a headquarters, um, they are part of the chain of command. They're like the CIA or maybe more like the NSA combined with... Yikes. With... Yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, also, you know, combined with the Navy SEALs because they have... <laughs> they have ships for some reason intelligence um, and might in mm-hmm. yeah right so they're yeah so they're kind of but they they they're they are part of starfleet they are no way you know this rogue shadowy you know unanswerable thing um and they're so much part of starfleet that apparently uh one of the services they provided to starfleet threat analysis um was via this computer Call which they called control. I guess they never really described it as a computer. I guess it's a program that ran on some computer. Um, yeah, like, and, a, like a database is the way I interpreted it. Yeah, well, a database. Yeah, but a database is dumb. I mean, a database All right. is just a storage facility. Yeah. You know, there, there's some kind of intelligence to it. Um, again, it's unclear where that. You know, I mean, the the thing about data that made data intelligence was this positronic brain, which I guess comes from the um, Isaac Asimov background, and this this is something that's kind of always bugged me about <laughs> AI in fiction is, you know, where is the AI? You know, like the Doctor on Voyager um, was never, you know, the, he described himself as a hologram. The hologram is just a projection. Right. He he was. He was a projection program. of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. The thing yeah. was a program, and that program was running on Voyager's computers. Right. So, mm-hmm. in a sense, Voyager's computer core was had a program which was sentient, which always made me think: Does that make Voy- Voyager sentient? Voyager yeah. sentient. <laughs> Not just in the Hollow Suite, but you know, so, everywhere. So, yeah. So you know, because a program is a combination of hardware and software, mm-hmm. and it's always a little weird here, like. What's the, what is control? Is was it? Did it require special hardware? Now, and now it wants this database because there's data in it that'll make it even smarter. Um, anyway, so that database, Starfleet, everyone loved this 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 program. Um, they always they kept on feeding it information, and at some point, all this information from Starfleet, it decided, it made this decision to turn on its masters, but it was never explained when or why it did that and what it wants except that it wants this sphere data Mm. so bad and And the reason it wants the sphere data is because it will apparently it it thinks that the sphere data will complete its its goal of becoming fully conscious so i guess it's semi even though it's doing all these things it isn't yet fully conscious it's kind of somewhat unclear 
but Control. it's conscious enough to have right. a, a will of its own and right. to make decisions. But I guess it, it needs it, it's missing something. You know, it's missing that je ne sais quoi of evilness <laughs> that <laughs> that it, and it feels that the sphere data and the you know eons of information will give it just that that extra pizzazz that it needs to take over the galaxy. And, and, and the humans seem to think that that's true also because they're willing to go to extremes to keep the sphere data away from control. So, yeah, right. the, the, the issue of it destroying all sentient life, mm-hmm. is that... What is that about? Why do they want to do that? Is it because they're afraid that they'll be destroyed if they don't destroy us? Yeah. When you're saying they, it's a... Control. It's a, yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, what? What? why is it such a zero-sum game with control? Is, is it just, they're just the evil villains? Why well, do they want to, to destroy be fair, everything? To be fair, we have tried to destroy it on a couple of occasions now. And so we are, in fact, a threat to it. The enemy. That right. is true. Okay. So it's not making things up. I mean, we we have tried to destroy, well, the sphere data, certainly. Yeah, but, you know, this gets to the, you know, the childish question of who started it. Um, And, (laughs) you know, it seems like control started it. I mean, control at some point, apparently, killed its own masters, which was a series of admirals. Then it started basically impersonating those admirals using holograms. Mm. So there was an episode in the season where they showed all these admirals talking to Leland and his bosses and they, you know, it was issuing, you know, they were talking like normal people and taking commands. But apparently that was control all along because it had killed the admirals and turned them into corpsicles, (laughs) or you know, weeks before who knows when. Um, it was never really. I'm not sure if that and episode. Is that the scene that we saw on Section 31, where uh, not on Section 31, but where all of those bodies are in space? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, 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 well, no. There's we'll a few the episodes ago where, where Michael and Arium go to a um, space station. Right. Right. And they're and, and everybody's cold dead. and frozen, and there's dead bodies floating right. around. Right. Right. That's what I meant. Yeah. 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 Those dead bodies were talking the week before, but it wasn't them the wasn't week before. Them. It was fake versions of them. Right. right. And uh, so at some point, Control killed its masters and became its own master and and started issuing orders, faking things, faking... For some reason, it faked Spock's... Um, well, uh, was that Control right. or was it Section 31 before Control took over? Well... That's a good question, but it's implied that it was control because it used the same fake holographic technology to do so. But one could well, argue. I guess I, I would argue that control that Section Thirty One probably had that hologram technology and right but to that, frame Spock. I to frame the, Spock. I think right. the way that they did things with Leland at the end, with Leland as a proxy for Section Thirty One, to say Leland was a skeezy guy. He was keeping secrets, but he wasn't evil. He wasn't. He he. Well, he you know, killed Burnham's parents, which. No, he didn't. He, he didn't, he, kill, he didn't them directly. kill them, but he was he, responsible. He let, yeah, you know, and it's also like, how old is this guy? But um, <laughs> uh, right, right. Uh, it's unclear whether you know, and was control. You know, when was section? When was control in charge of? Was did the the fake admirals issue the orders? You know, or did someone else? You know, who issued the order for? Spock to be framed for murder and why? Yeah, and, and I think it was always I think it was always control. I think that that's the thing about this whole season is the big bad is control, and I feel like 
this has been a weakness of the show since the first season, which is um, they're highly serialized shows. One of the things that you do is you create interesting bad guys, yeah, um, nuanced bad guys, um, and. Uh, you know Voyager you guys did this as well and there was kind of it started with the Kazon that didn't work out uh you know next generation started with the uh Ferengi that didn't work out yeah but you guys had very nuanced bad guy villains I mean there was you know there was a lot of oh yeah no there was yeah no there were several good villains of the week Mm -hmm. I mean we ended up you know with the Borg because they are just really good bad guys right (laughs) yeah um But, but I mean with with Discovery, I mean, their portrayal of the Klingons is interesting. I mean, that is layered and nuanced, and they're actually showing that to be a whole society. Yeah, it's so tender. It, it, and so it, it, they didn't really do a great job of that in the first season, and I think they sort of abandoned it halfway, and they switched over to the, the mirror universe. I mean, yeah. if, if you look at Khan, which was only developed over one episode and one movie, you look at Goldicott, who's probably the best yeah. bad guy character in all of Star Trek history. I mean, yeah. there's so many layers to Ducat, and um, he's just, I love Ducat. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, you just, they haven't done that in Discovery. And no. I feel like if you want to be a serialized show, you want to play in that ballpark, you know, you need to do what shows like, I mean, Buffy was doing this 20 years ago. X-Files was doing this. This is something you've just got to get right. There's and a very clear enemy, and right now we're still hashing out exactly but you, what you, the next you enemy is. You understand the motivations of the enemy. You right. sometimes sympathize with the enemy. Yeah, we which don't we did un- with the Klingons on some levels. A little levels. bit, but we, we, you know, I don't know. We don't understand. They didn't really give us the richness of Klingon culture that they promised. I wanted to see, you know, there's like... T- 20-something houses. I wanted to see those houses. I want to mm. see the infighting. I want to, under- I want to understand And what are the they new- doing when they're not fighting? Yeah, there's got to be some time. There's only four minutes a week, so, <laughs> because, you know. Because, you know, Klingon, right? Klingons in the next generation era were interesting, but they were all basically these, you know, uh, you know kind of Viking, Viking samurai. Yeah. They all wore the same outfit. Um, you know, it, at least they were promising us that we were going to get a interesting... We never got that font, okay? Let's put the Klingon, but now that we've got this AI... It's basically a combination of Skynet and the, you know, the squid monsters from the Matrix movies. And we don't understand its motivations. We in no way sympathize with it. But it is keeping us intrigued. I, I mean, it know. is answering. Is it? It's asking more questions than <laughs> it's answers. It's moving the ball down but... the field and it's making our characters do interesting things. But we don't care about it. No one cares about control. But we I can't wait for it to go away. And the threat of it. But again, the, the threat of control is destroying all sentient life in the galaxy, like, which is clearly not going to happen. Right. Right. So but other than that, it's what what is the more immediate threat? It's the journey. Control. How are we going to get out of that each day? How are we? We know it's not going to happen, but how exactly are we going to get out of it? But I mean, if you have a recurring bad guy, you have interactions with it that are each threats in themselves. You know, that it's, you know, again, especially if it is like a sympathetic villain, are they going to win you over? You know, that there should be different layers to the threats than it's going to destroy all life. And, you know, one week you have to work with them, one week you have to work against them. You know, it's it's. uh... And are they going to and what are the the, you know, who, who are the losses going to be? Right. Right now we haven't had any big losses. Well, Arium. Arium, but we didn't know her that well. No, we so didn't. It's hard to see that as a huge loss. <laughs> we knew her. I think... We knew her really well, really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like yeah. oh wait, you're hilarious, <laughs> and you're funny, and, and you're charming, and, and you're cute, and, and oh, you're dead. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that's the thing. Like everyone loved Arium in the first season, 
but they they loved what they loved wanting to know more about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um and I she think, was lovely and Yeah, and I think it's great that they they they, they said, "Okay, people picked up on Arium." Mm-hmm. And so let's use her more in the second season. Um, and I'm glad they did that. And I'm also glad they killed her in a way because I like the show to show that there are stakes. Yeah. Um, and uh, that yeah. you know, space is risky. You know, risk is our business. Killing characters, killing characters we like. You know, I mean, I don't want them to kill Tilly, but if they mm-hmm. did it, I, you know, it's like. That you know, shit happens Ooh, in space. I think there would be a revolution on that one. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if we could lo- lose. Yeah, Tilly. but you know, I mean, okay. I know what you mean, though. That but I almost feel like yeah. they said, okay, so let's kill someone. Let's pump up Arian, then kill her, yeah. and let's do it all in one episode. Yeah, Arian was probably the one that we could afford to lose. I mean, there's a couple others. I mean, who are you going to kill, Linus? I mean, not really, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, they could have done anyone, you know, but they they obviously weren't going to do it with. One the of the regulars, four, right. right. Yeah. So they had to grab one of the bridge crew. Well, in a way, they yeah. kind of did that before, though, with Culber. Um, because at the time, we did not know that he was actually going to so come true. back to life. That is very um, true. That, yeah. The stakes were, were high with him. Yeah. And that was, again, especially to, to establish Voke, who has since kind of vanished as a, a genuine bad guy killing one of our regulars. Really That's about dangerous. the worst thing you can do. Uh, yeah, yeah, if you were going to kill a character, yeah. good point, Lisa. Yeah. Tyler would be Tyler should have been on uh, high on the list because, <laughs> you know, he still has a price to pay. Yeah, he does, and and uh, he could come back as Vogue anyway if we didn't. You mean Tyler dies and he comes our... back as a Klingon? He like revokes, <laughs> revoke, <laughs> revoke, folks. I think I feel like we've gone off the rails here. All right. Um, <laughs> where being, what we're talking you're about? We're talking vocal, about Anthony. how we want to have a better big um, bad. Yeah, it's yeah. Location though, so it's okay. Yeah, I, I just want I I just want to see a more nuanced, interesting, big bad and 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 clarified. And clarified. I want to understand so, its motivations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you look at when you look at Khan, you go, you know what? I get it. I get what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're doing it. You know. Mm-hmm. I, you I don't revenge? like it. I get it. Yeah. You know, I get why you you know you you want to protect your people, and um, you know you believe in your society yeah. and. It, it makes sense. So let's, yeah, no, and and I hear you, and and wanting t- to have this be a villain in a, in the same type of way. If you think about it, even that... even like with Skynet, they basically had, had personified it as the Terminator, and they even personified the Terminator more as that it wasn't a robot; it was a human-looking robot, right. like the Borg, like the Borg. Yeah, but I mean. It wasn't just Skynet was this evil computer program that could pop up anywhere and we were right. running away from a program. We right. were running away from an evil robot cyborg thing. And that I think is, is sort of what I'm what I'm missing in that every once in a while it like inhabits bodies and it inhabits ships and it starts shooting at us and things like that, but we don't have the Terminator. Right. Good point. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, although the, the one or the, the board Yeah, we didn't have the threat. Like although the, the board were that the, way yeah. too where they were you know, I guess it's a little different with the Borg, but yeah. But even with the Borg, they eventually came up with the Borg Queen. Yeah. Because it really, really helps to have the bad guy. Yeah. Like a, a, a particular person-looking right. thing. she could articulate right. the motivation. Yeah. She could articulate what they're after. Yeah. And in terms of the hero's journey, you know, we've got Burnham as the hero and all of her allies and, you know, detractors along the way. Um and when we come down to the single-handed combat, single-man combat, at, at the end of each episode or whatever mm. it is, I mean, that's the hero's yeah. journey. Yeah. I mean, so whether it's at the end of the episode or at the end of the season arc 
or an of an yeah, arc. It seems like uh, I mean, ultimately, if you're going to destroy control, it. it's going to be like at a keyboard or something. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to be able to like socket in the jaw and, and knock it out. It is an interesting yeah. thing how they've they, that's another thing where they haven't done a good job of pitting the bad, the big bad against their big good, which is yeah. Michael Burnham. Mm-hmm. So, he, he, although Control lured Burnham to the ship, it only wanted Burnham to get to the data. It doesn't really care about Burnham right. at all. Um, it cares more about Burnham's mother, to be frank, than Burnham, whereas Khan and Kirk had a thing. Right. Ducat right. and Cisco had a thing. They had uh-huh. many things. You know, you could just... It, <laughs> a it, person it, that you can relate to wanting to defeat. Right. And, and somebody that is, you know, kind of, kind of your equal in a way. Yeah. You know, the the bad guy should be, you know, again, just relatable enough, you know, that, yeah, it's like, you know, he wants to destroy you personally the way you want to destroy him personally. Right. Right. Yeah. That's this time. It's not personal. Yeah. It's not personal. <laughs> it's just way. on behalf of the human race or yeah. all sentient life, as right. the case may be. So as a writer, Lisa, um, yeah, I was just going to say, talk more about that, making it personal. Isn't there a thing where the bad guy is who uh, uh, the bad guy? What am I, five? The villain <laughs> is who the hero could have been if he had made different choices and vice versa. Ideally, he is the dark side of the hero, mm-hmm. um, which villains often will say directly in a movie or TV show, I'm your dark side or I'm a shadowy version of you. Right. Or, you know, or we're not mm-hmm. so different. We're not you so and different. I. You and I. That's <laughs> right. a favorite. <laughs> right. And although I don't necessarily know if I'd put that in dialogue. <laughs> right. The, the theory behind it is true. Right. That again, it's like what what about control? What is control telling us about Burnham? And at the moment, nothing. And yeah. how is control? Um, you had mentioned Anthony a few minutes ago about the villain being somebody we sympathize with occasionally or empathize yeah. with. Is there an element of control that we could just to raise the stakes in our emotional journey could feel at all attached to? Well, what what they what they may be trying to do, and you know, we've seen other vil, you know, villain stories like this of where villain judges humanity it says you know right. you're poisoning the oceans you're killing yourselves i've decided that through your motive through what you're doing you have failed and therefore i am making judgment upon you mm. mm-hmm. and that again i get that mm-hmm. you, you know but control is never you know apparent i think that's what they're trying to say is that we can't really? that 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 sentient life is because it is all about analyzing threats and conflicts. It, it became obsessed with wars and like the war with the Klingons, and it this kind of grew out of the war with the Klingons. It saw that war and the futility of it, and it basically said that was a pointless war, and you're all pointless, and and analyzing these threats are pointless, and that the real threat is you're just all a threat to each other, and I'm just going to wipe you all out because you all suck. But, See, I would like for hmm, some some version yeah. of control to articulate that. Yeah, yeah, but we've never, mm-hmm. you know, but we're not getting that because then you, you could look at it and you could say, yeah, we are destroying the planet. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, we are <laughs> bad because, you know, and, and, and uh, you know. This is how we came to be. Right, and, and, and again, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, one of our favorite uh, 
adversaries is Q in, you know, the, and he, he judges humanity in the first episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. And and he, you know, says, look at what you've done in World War Three and yada, yada. Um, and I thought that that, you know, might have been something that we were going to deal with in this one because there was a link to World War Three in one yeah, of the episodes. Yeah, way back in, in Eden, um, New Eden, right? Yeah. But we've yeah. never gone there where Control has articulated to say, I have judged sentient life in this galaxy and, and deemed it unworthy. Because yeah. ah. argu- then you have the other side where Picard argues, we've grown beyond that. We've grown beyond hate. We've grown beyond poverty. We've learned to love each other, yada, yada. And- because we had to, or they were going to destroy all sentient life. Right. And yeah. you could see Burnham or someone giving that speech to control and say, you've you've miscalculated. And this gets to the Kirk arguing with M5. Yeah. You know, is like, one of the things, you know, you know, are we going to beat control by shooting at it? Or are we going to defeat control the way it should be defeated, which is convince it it's wrong. Get it to destroy itself. Wow, that's deep. That's really that's what yeah, you but, but you're totally right. I that I would like to see. That mm-hmm. is the blowing up its data core is like, okay, well, you know, congratulations. Might overwrite. But did basically. you did you yeah. actually beat it? It never, you know, it went down fighting. To beat control, you've got to convince it that it was the yeah. threat. And it needs right. to say, oh, yeah. I need to kill myself. That would be a wonderfully rich decision. That's what yeah. Kirk would I would do. love to write yeah. that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, so. You know, and, and that and, would still give the power to Starfleet to Burnham to whoever right. it is that has well, to, that. to humanity basically yeah. because whoever spoke over there Burnham or anybody else would be speaking on behalf of humanity you know don't destroy all of us right you know because we collectively you know yeah we've screwed up we've had our flaws you know but you you know wiping us out is the ultimate threat yeah I mean and right Right. And also the pot calling the kettle black. Well, there's basically. that. <laughs> there is that. Yeah. Um, Lisa weighed in on uh, on Skynet and Terminator. Um, Anthony, any parallels that you'd like to throw in the mix here? How? Uh, well, Hal's he, another example of a tragic, a tragedy. He's obviously a tragedy because Hal, <clears throat> the, 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 the tale of Hal is Hal was a nice guy <laughs> who... who didn't know how to deal with his conflicting orders, so it was. It yeah, was, who can blame him? Jeez, you know, he's like, you know, because he was being told to lie, and he didn't know how to lie, mm. and that's why he went ooh and started killing people. Right. So, right. Um, because you know, and, and it was a, it was a, you know, a testament of how easy it is for man to lie, and um, that we were the real monsters, mm. you know, or the people who programmed him to lie were the real monsters. Mm. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we're not, I mean, that's the thing, like, who programmed control? He's the asshole here. Yeah. You know, find <laughs> yeah. that guy. Yeah. You know, if they've, I, that's kind of an issue, like, there should be a scene where, you know, Cornwell's like, Okay, guy, you know, go goes to the, you know, Apple or whoever who they Steve bought control Jobs. from. <laughs> right. He's the ultimate evil in right. the universe. But but again, you know, but that's, that's there Steve is Steve Jobs. Maybe Bill Gates. No, he's better now. We've all, no. you know, but we've seen that with a, a, often when you have an evil AI, they they have the the, the Victor Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, or even the other side. So, you know, we've seen who created data. We you know, in the Terminator movies, we eventually got to meet the man who created Dyson, Skynet, yeah. 
Um, yeah. And then he had to like sacrifice himself because he realized like, oh, that was bad move on my part. Mm. Um, and uh, we, you know, again, getting back to M5, we see Dr. Richard Daystrom, who, you know, comes to learn that he made a terrible mistake. Um, and I think that would have been something interesting. Someone created control and and the you know and starfleet and this is you know this again gets back to yeah. starfleet hq has been making some bad decisions they mm. you know first they decided klingon genocide mm. was a good idea in season 1 and then season 2 they all start relying on this computer and f- doing and feeding it all this data about threats turned it into a uber genocidal monster so you know they need they needed to clean some house at starfleet <laughs> right. But, but you're right that I mean it's yeah. ideally the monster should be a reflection of us. Yeah. You know, of, of yeah. its creators, you know, not only his the specific creator, but humanity in general. And I'm not getting that from control yet. Well, yeah, it's it's I think the one not side yet. you know, I th- I think we what it was is that the the heads of Starfleet became too reliant on technology. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the closest thing we've got to an interesting uh, you know, allegory here is is that they couldn't think for themselves. They became reliant on this thing to make decisions for them. They started doubting their own humanity, perhaps, doubting their ability to assess threats because they missed the threat of the Klingons. So they're like, oh, well, I guess we don't know what's going on. Let's rely on this thing. And then it it got out of control, teaching them all the lesson of, I guess we shouldn't have done that. But you know, for a show that's supposed to hit you on the nose, usually hits you on the nose with its allegories. Yeah, they've never done that. Not they've so never much. shown us that. Yeah. that sit around the meetings with the admirals. You know, you know. I guess they, that was the last thing that those admirals at Section Thirty One thought right before they were <laughs> right. killed and yeah. turned. Into... Maybe we shouldn't have made this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Lisa. You may be right. So control is Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know. You know, um, or or at Jack. Anyway. Well, control in that case is Facebook. Yeah, we never got to meet Mark Zuckerberg. Right. Mark Zuckerberg is the frozen um, admiral. Who's well, assuming I mean Ouch. there could there could be a programmer out there in the universe who hasn't been killed by control yet. Right. And we could yeah. we could find such a person. Right. Someone exactly. who loves control. Yeah, that who is like control. you know the the mother or father. Right. right. Please don't like kill the my, Wizard of Oz. Don't kill my baby. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Ooh. The plot thickens. Well, it could. I don't think so. <laughs> if control yeah, follows yeah, us in the future, we will. We shall see. That's the only thing we we know. So, any last things? Any last thoughts? Burning desires? Anything to throw in there? That I hope the lesson here is that uh, uh, obviously Starfleet doesn't learn their lesson because they they do create they do create the M five <laughs> ten years later. But uh, you know. In a century, we get data and everything's going to be fine with artificial intelligence. (laughs) In a century. Yeah, it's I think the problem that I that I generally have with control as it's as it's been portrayed is it is just so vague and that specificity is good. That if it you know, if we Mm. learn specifically how and why and who behind the creation and if it had a really specific goal and a specific enemy Right now, it is just so amorphous, I, I can't get a handle on it. They certainly built our interest and whet our appetites and 
built the intrigue, and now it's time to let us have some more info, I think. I'm I'm not so intrigued. I kind of want it to go away. Just go away. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, yeah, it's 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 too late. I think I'm more intrigued to see something new, interesting, and nuanced for season three. Yeah, if they mm. go into the future, they should yeah. encounter a brand new big bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, assuming that they keep the season, if if you want to be highly highly serialized, you want to do season arcs, then give us a nuanced, interesting big bad that you know the kind of villain that doesn't think he's a villain. Ah, right. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. Gul Dukat never thought Very he was the bad gentle. guy. No, he had his reasons. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. Lisa Clink, a pleasure to have you here. Happy to be here. Thank you. And Anthony Pascal, thank you and your thank wisdom you, from Trek Movie. And uh, always really great to have you both aboard. And thank you, our audience, so much for joining us for Disco Nights. If you're a fan of the podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts, like The 430 Movie, which is every Friday, in which a group of writers and producers curate fantasy theme weeks of classic movies. Also check out Inglorious Trexperts, which is hosted by Mark Altman and Darren Docterman about all things Trek, and which is available every Saturday wherever you listen to podcasts. Also check out Best Movies Never Made. That's on Monday nights. Also, look for Disco Nights More, 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 which are our bonus episodes each week where we review the previous week's episode along with, we love this, Disco Science. She blinded me with science with J.D. Voyek. You can watch Star Trek Discovery on CBS All Access in America or on Netflix internationally. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or you can follow us at Disco Nights Pod on Twitter or at Inglorious Trexperts on Instagram. A very special thanks to Bill Ritter and everyone here at Electric, Electric Surge Network, as well as producers Natalie Mascal and Cynthia Hodge, as well as executive producers Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman. Until next week, this is Chase Masterson saying thanks for joining us. See you then. And Disco Lives! This podcast is a production of the Electric Surge Network.